final weekend. That's the word of the day. That's the phrase of the day for this episode number 900 of Nothing Personal with David Sampson. It is Friday, September 29th, 2023. 900 regular episodes, plus all the sit-downs and mailbags and all the different things we do, but 900 words of the day. Way back in February when spring training opened, it seems as though the end of the season is so far away. We talk about one game, five games, April, it's early, it's late early, it's early middle. We are now late, late. As we head into the final season, every single year, the goal of Major League Baseball is to have something on the line in the final weekend. Baseball took the time to release the some statistics to you yesterday that attendance is hitting going to hit 70 million back to pre-COVID levels. Numbers not reached since 2017. Coincidentally, the last year that I was lying about the Marlins attendance. With minor league baseball included, over 100 million people will attend baseball games. It is hard to argue that the rule changes that we spent so much time discussing have been nothing except perfect for the game. Average game time, two hours and 40 minutes, down 25 minutes from last season. Pace of action, everything about baseball, pitch clock violations have basically disappeared. Everybody figured it out. There's no reason to step out of the box, rearrange your gloves, pretend you're no more Garcia Parra. There's no reason to take your foot off the rubber. Just play. Then on top of that, if you can have a bunch of great races where there's divisions to be won or lost, there's playoffs to be gained or not gained, you've done it. Everything's going great. Nothing but positive announcements. Then all of a sudden, You've got the Mets-Marlins situation making news yet again. I've told you the story of rain delays and what we do during rain delays, whether they were in Florida or whether they're on the road. You go back into the clubhouse, the players play cards, the players are in the food room. We put movies on, players have their own screens, playing video games. We go in every half hour, give an update. We're aware of players and how much time they need to get going again. Some players take their uniform off and shower and will wash their uniform. Some players stay in uniform. But we're giving updates throughout a rain delay. Yesterday, the New York Mets were leading the Miami Marlins 1-0 going into the ninth inning. Marlins really wanted a victory because the Chicago Cubs, shockingly, can't win a game. Got themselves swept by the Braves. The Braves clinched home field advantage throughout the playoffs, best record in Major League Baseball, and did it in a fashion that was crushing to the Northsiders. Wow, I'm so sad for you in Chicago. The Marlins and Cubs are fighting it out for the final wild card spot. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks can't win a game. So really, the Marlins could be the second wild card or the third wild card or not make the playoffs. What's the difference? You're on the road either way. The difference is, if you're the second wild card, you play the first wild card, which is the Philadelphia Phillies. 
If you're the third wild card, you play a division winner with the worst record of the division winners. That's the Milwaukee Brewers. So the Miami Marlins are either going to play if they make the playoffs, the Phillies, or the Brewers. Everything's going fine. one nothing Mets. All the Mets have to do is close it out. The weather in New York is about to be frightful. Anyone looking at the radar, including me, with any weather app I have, says, you better hurry. It's about to rain. Cut to the Mets blow the save. The Marlins score two runs. They still have two runners on. And the umpires say, tarp the field. Rain delay in the ninth inning, top of the ninth, with the Mets having taken, having blown the lead. 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, one hour. All of a sudden, it's past 1230 at night. There's no chance this game is going to start again. If you're here in New York, you know what was going on last night. The radar, there's no window, no let up. The rules are very simple in baseball when it comes to rain delays. The home team is in charge of rain delays, of what you do, how quickly you call the game. It's always up to the home team, unless it's the final time that the road team will be playing in your home ballpark. Then it's in the hands of the umpires and Major League Baseball. It's very simple. This is the last time the Marlins were going to be in New York. The commissioner's office and the umpires were on the phone because the team president of the Marlins is on the phone with baseball. You're talking to the Mets. You're going into their dugout. You're speaking to their manager, their, ge their general manager, their grounds crew. You're trying to figure out what's happening, knowing that only two days earlier you had gotten screwed with that rainout when it wasn't raining because they couldn't take care of the field. We did a segment on the tarps and the nightmare that was the grounds crew. At 12.48 a.m., the game was suspended. And the Marlins still had to shower, get dressed, eat, take a bus to the airport, fly to Pittsburgh, where they play the first of their final three games in Pittsburgh starting tonight. It's an absolute disgrace that that game was not either finished in the rain, or if you don't want to finish it in the rain, you call it immediately and let the Marlins get on their way so they don't have to land in Pittsburgh at four in the morning. The crazy part about the suspended game is that the rules in Major League Baseball say that that game will be made up. And when I say made up, they start from where they stopped. It'll be 2-1, Marlins, top of the ninth, two men on. The Marlins will have to fly back to New York from Pittsburgh and finish that game the day after the regular season. That would be Monday. Strangely, the playoffs start Tuesday. So they'd have to fly from Pittsburgh back to New York and then either to Philadelphia or Milwaukee. That's not ideal. And here's the craziest part. The Marlins can have a champagne celebration in Pittsburgh. They can clinch a playoff spot and still have to play Monday 
because the Diamondbacks stink. If the Diamondbacks and Marlins have not figured out who's going to be number two and who's going to be number three, the Marlins have to play that game in New York, finish that game in New York Monday to figure out who will be the second wild card. And in that case, the Marlins would be in control of their own destiny. They could purposefully strike out, go to the bottom of the ninth, two to one, and then throw meatballs and have the Mets hit two home runs back to back and have them walk off. And then they're the third wild card. They get on the plane and go to Milwaukee, where against Milwaukee, they are three and four. Or in the season series, or they can say, hey, we better beat the Mets. And if we do beat the Mets, we're the second wild card. We then get to play Philly, where we won the season series seven to six. So the Marlins will study the rotations of the Diamondbacks and the Philadelphia Phillies. They'll figure out who's in line to pitch when, and they'll decide whether or not they want to win the game on Monday if it has to be played because the Diamondbacks don't clinch the number two wild card. And if the game doesn't have to be played, hold on to your hats, the Marlins will lose that game one to nothing because you can't count runs that you score as a road team in the top half of the inning if the home team doesn't have a chance to score runs of its own in the bottom half of the inning. So you revert back to the score before the inning started that's not complete. And the score was one nothing Mets. Now, it wouldn't matter in this case because that means the Marlins clinched the number three wild card and they can't be number two, or they clinched the number two and they can't fall to number three. But their regular season record for all of time would reflect a loss to the Mets, one nothing. It's an absolute nightmare for Major League Baseball. Skip Schumacher, the manager of the Marlins, was angry, fighting with the grounds crew, upset with Buck Showalter, as they should have been. I'm waiting for the Steve Cohn tweet about what an absolute joke it was what happened last night. Not going to find that. So that's part of what's happening over the final weekend. But not all. I want to say that before we keep going, Coca, let me do the correction right now, if you don't mind. Correction. For all of you who are new to nothing personal, we do this without a net. We're live. We have no script. We have nothing. We have the rundown of things we want to talk about. We have the approximate amount of minutes it'll take, which never works. And I just talk into the camera with Coca feeding things in my ear or writing things down on a computer where we have access to a document at the same time. I make mistakes. You correct me. When you hear them, tell me, and I promise you I'll correct them. I said the Milwaukee, the city of Milwaukee, my hometown, birth town, has never had a World Series parade. I was wrong. The Milwaukee Braves won the World Series in 1957 over the New York Yankees. So Milwaukee did have a parade. For those of you who may have been alive, sorry about that. It's the Brewers franchise who used to be the Seattle Pilots who moved to Milwaukee in 19, I don't know, 69 maybe. That franchise has never had a parade. But if you're from Milwaukee, congratulations, you've had one. I was wrong. Did you see what the Orioles did? We're going to talk about the Orioles as much as possible because the Orioles get no love. No love whatsoever. How do you go from losing 110 games to winning 100 games? 
That's what the Orioles did. Last year, 110 losses. This year, they've won the AL East. The Tampa Bay Rays, you may not remember because it was so long ago. They didn't lose a game to start the season. Everyone thought they were going to win 181 games this year, which is so unbelievably hard to do in a 162-game season. That's how good Tampa was. That's how long a season is that Tampa did not win the division. They're the number one wild card, but the Orioles, 100 wins. I tip my hat to the Angelos boys, to Mark Elias, to Brandon Hyde, and to the amazing group of young players that they put together who over a period of an entire season showed that they were the best team in a division where they had the lowest payroll. The only teams to have lower payrolls than the Orioles this year did not win 100 games. They lost 100 games. The AL East is quite something, and it's not going to change this weekend. The final standings are set. The Orioles and Rays are at the top, and the Yankees and Red Sox are at the bottom. Do you know how many times that's happened in the AL East since 19, I don't know, 69? I keep saying that. Coincidentally, I don't know. Zero. That's how many times Orioles and Rays on top. Now, of course, the Rays didn't start till 98, but let's not quibble. And Yankees and Red Sox on the bottom. Orioles, 28th highest payroll. Rays, 27th highest payroll. When the playoffs start Tuesday, you're going to see the Rays hosting. You're going to see the Orioles resting. I can't wait. I can't wait. I wonder what's going to be with the Braves this year. The Braves have a bye. Last year, they had a bye and then lost in four games in the first round to the Philadelphia Phillies. The Braves said yesterday, we're not going to let that happen again. So in the five days off that the Braves have, they've decided to hold workouts at Truist Park and they're going to open it up to fans so they can simulate what it is to have noise and energy and try to bring some intensity to the workouts. Newsflash, it doesn't work. One of the biggest arguments we had in owners' meetings was about having a three-game wildcard series versus a one-game winner-take-all. Why those were arguments is that in baseball, unlike in other sports where rest matters and it helps you recover, in baseball, teams don't want to upset their routine. Such a game of routine is our sport. When you don't play for five days, you've got a problem. You get rusty when you fall out of your baseball routine. So teams that get a buy, and the Braves are one of them, the Dodgers are one of them, they are doing anything they can to stay sharp. The problem is that workouts don't keep you sharp. BP, by definition, it's important, but it's not game simulated conditions. Putting fans in the stands and yelling programs, get your programs here, that doesn't do it either. Are the Braves ripe for another first round upset? Not this year. On Monday, we'll go through it or Tuesday and give you all our postseason predictions. We'll predict the series that'll all start the wild card series because by Sunday or maybe by Monday now, depending on what happens with Mets 
and Marlins and the Diamondbacks and the Cubs. We will go through all of the October predictions. Will the Phillies be able to match what they did last year, get hot at the right time, and ride some great starting pitching, Nolan Wheeler, all the way back to the pennant? Are the Astros on a collision course to be the first team to repeat since the 98 to 2000 Yankees? First, they've got to make the playoffs. And in that crazy AL West, anything could happen. Last night, the Phillies were playing a game against the Pirates. And something happened. Bryce Harper got ejected. And I want to tell you that he got ejected on a check swing. A check swing when you are a lefty. The check swing is called either a ball or a strike by the third base umpire. When you're a righty, it's called by the first base umpire. The way it works is when the home plate umpire cannot decide for himself whether the check swing happened and whether that would be a strike, they ask for help from the proper umpire. In this case, Angel Hernandez was the umpire at third base. And Angel Hernandez rang up Bryce Harper called the check swing strike, thereby making it a strikeout. Bryce Harper lost his mind, walked all the way to third base to confront Angel Hernandez and got ejected. After the game, Bryce Harper had the following to say. I know something again. I mean, it's just every year. It's, uh, it's the same story, same thing. Um, I'm probably going to get a letter from Michael Hill and I'm going to get fined for being right again. Um, so it's just, it's the same thing over and over and over and over again. And uh, just not right. Mike Hill's in a tough situation. And I've spoken to Mike about this. He, he will not tell me this directly, but I'm going to tell you it directly. Everyone within baseball acknowledges that Angel Hernandez is the single worst umpire. And everyone in baseball acknowledges that there's nothing they can do about it. He is protected by the union. They've got to wait for him to retire. And he's a little bit like herpes. He keeps coming back year after year. He doesn't get better. He's not going to get better. Every player on every team knows when he's assigned to your game that you're going to have a problem. And it's not that he chooses one team over another team. We're not talking about the situation with the NBA referee that guy, Lewis, who retired because there was a thought that he was showing favorites. Angel's bad universally. For all of you who have reached out on davidsampsonpodcast.com with these questions or at Twitter, David P. Sampson, I don't know how to say it any more clearly. There is nothing Mike Hill or Rob Manford can do. They cannot fire Angel Hernandez no matter how horse crap he is. They get evaluated. It's not like a sales department on Wall Street where if you don't sell, you get fired and you get that, told that. It doesn't work that way. No matter how bad you are, you are allowed to keep your job. I've never heard of such a thing, truly. What'll happen to Angel Hernandez? He'll go home Sunday and he'll be back in Jupiter for spring training. No, he will not get a postseason assignment. No chance. As a matter of fact, I could do a wait to see. Coca, I'm going to do an added wait to see for this, if you don't mind. Angel Hernandez will not get a postseason assignment next year either. 
and I'll go one year at a time. Cause I don't want to say forever because then we can't cure the wait to see and tell you it's a yes or a no until forever. And even though we're at 900 episodes and we're not stopping anytime soon, I want to make this a one year wait to see. Angel Hernandez will not get a postseason assignment this year. And Angel Hernandez will not get a postseason assignment next year. That's how bad he is. Speaking of bad, there's there's several types of bad. There really are. The first type of bad is when you can't do your job. And it has an impact on a game. It can have an impact on gambling. It can make people upset. If your job has nothing to do with being in public, if you're bad at your job, only your boss may know. Maybe your significant other, maybe your coworkers, maybe no one because you can fool people into thinking you're good at your job when in fact you're bad at your job. But when you've got a microphone and you've got a platform, you have an opportunity not to be just bad at your job. You have the opportunity to be, to be bad as a person. I want to take a few moments right now to talk about Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling is a former pitcher, won a World Series in 2001 with the Diamondbacks. He's the bloody sock guy with the Red Sox. Kurt Schilling is the one who didn't want to be in the Hall of Fame. Kurt Schilling is the one who has posts that are so vile and disgusting that his views should make anyone's stomach turn, no matter whether you're conservative or liberal, makes no difference. You don't want someone like that ever to think what he thinks, to say nothing of saying what he says. For whatever the reasons are, he is a despicable person. But he sunk to all-time depths yesterday. There is a code in baseball, as there is also a code in life. If you have inside information about a stock going up or down, you got to keep it to yourself or you could go to jail. If you have inside information about things going on with another person, unless that person gives you permission to say something, it's none of your damn business. Keep your yapper closed. Kurt Schilling on a podcast announced that Tim Wakefield, the former Red Sox knuckleballer, is sick. And I'm not going to get into what he has because Tim Wakefield doesn't want anyone to talk about it. I'm not going to get into what's going on in his life because no one wants to talk about it. No one should talk about it unless he wants to talk about it and he doesn't. Yet Kurt Schilling felt that it was perfectly fine to talk about it and even acknowledged, I'm not sure if I should, but here's what's going on with Tim Wakefield. It was so offensive that the Boston Red Sox released a statement. We are aware of the statements and inquiries about the health of Tim and Stacy Wakefield. Unfortunately, this information has been shared publicly without their permission. Why not name names, Boston? Why don't you say who released the information? Their health is a deeply personal matter they intended to keep private as they navigate treatment and work to tackle this disease. My frustration is that a team and a player had to release a statement because there was such a code violation. 
We spent yesterday and a few days earlier talking about culture in the clubhouse and the importance of it, how it works. There's also a clubhouse code. There's a code between people who work inside baseball. There are certain things that are off limits. You see something on the road that may not be what you deem to be appropriate, you don't say a word. You see someone using a little sunscreen and rosin, keep your mouth closed. You see someone who's having health problems, that is the number one code. And that's not just baseball, that should be in life. When things aren't your business, they're not your business. I want you to count today for me. I ask you to do this often and, I, and I, I'm sorry to ask the audience to do things, but I do it because I think it's helpful to me, to you, to everybody. Count the number of times you engage in gossip today. Just keep track the way Will Ferrell kept track in Stranger Than Fiction of things that he was doing, of whether he was involved in a comedy or a tragedy. Just keep track of the number of times you're talking about other people behind their back or the number of times you're saying things to other people about other people that you probably shouldn't be saying or aren't necessary to be saying. Or when you're piling on things that are already being said that really aren't anybody's business. Keep track. Tell me that you get to zero. And I'm not throwing stones because I live in a glass house. I've done this before. I tried to be the one to say, I don't gossip, but it's not true. I've never had a day where I went to bed at zero. I'm going to work on that. I think we all should. All right, when we come back, we're going to review the new movie with Orlando Bloom and David Harbour called Gran Turismo. And then we're going to give you an update on Damon Lillard, on Dame Lillard, 4869. Then we're going to give you an update on Dame Lillard that is making Adam Silver quiver. We'll be right back. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn five bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. The reigning national champions are UConn. They're the favorites to win it all again. But if you think there's no way that's happening, Head to DraftKings College Basketball and go to Team Futures and make your pick. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code S-A-M-S-O-N. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms of responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's Friday. I want to thank you all for your loyalty, for your time, 45 minutes every single day. We're here, baby, and we're not going anywhere. 
watch a movie every day. I was on a plane back from Miami and I downloaded and watched the new movie called Gran Turismo. I've got a confession to make and I'm fine making it. I'd never heard of the video game, never knew anything about it, never knew anything about this story, which is true. And I've always been critical of players, let me say it a better way, 2-12-69. Ready, Coca? I've always been critical of people who thought they could do the job of a GM or the job of a president who didn't have the job, who didn't have inside experience. And I don't mean with baseball, I mean with running a business or whatever the case may be. Fantasy makes it so people believe they can be a GM, not necessarily a president, but certainly a GM. And I always believed, not true. Gran Turismo is about a true story where Nissan actually took a bunch of people who played video games, simulated video games about racing cars, and made one of them a professional, actual race car driver. The winner of this contest, and they made a whole contest out of it, the brainchild of a marketing officer played by Orlando Bloom. They got to actually race cars. And if they won the contest, they actually got to be in car racing as a professional. It's insanity. It would be the same thing as Major League Baseball doing a promotion saying, whoever has the best year in fantasy, we are going to let you be the GM of a team. Have fun. Whoever does the best on MLB's The Show is going to get a major league at bat. It's asinine. It makes no sense. It's insulting to the professional drivers. But at the end of the day, the contest happened and the driver who won only from being an experienced simulator driver ended up with an entire career as a professional race car driver. I couldn't believe it. It's like someone becoming a GM or becoming a real professional baseball player because they're good at clicking buttons. Maybe it's different with a video game that's a simulated race. Maybe it is. All I know is the movie itself, it's fine. There's way better racing movies, Ford v Ferrari, even Days of Thunder, way better racing movies out there. And I'm not even talking Talladega Nights. What I loved about Gran Turismo is the story because I knew nothing about it. It's a bit long. I think it's about 135 minutes. I've given you the plot of the movie. I've spoiled it for you. Therefore, I'm not sure you actually have to watch it. Dame Lillard. So much to talk about, even though he was traded to the Bucks yesterday. We let off the show with it. We've covered it for days, weeks, and months. All of the speculation about will he be traded, will he not, where he's going to be traded, how he's going to be traded. Yesterday, Dame Lillard's agent, a guy named Aaron Goodwin, engaged in what I can only refer to as a smear campaign against the NBA and against the Portland Trailblazers. 
It was done by leaks, but I assure you, no one on the team side would leak what was leaked yesterday. No one on the league side would leak what was leaked yesterday. The only one who would, would be the agent. There was a story on Bleacher Report. Chris Haynes had it. And if true, you better watch out. You better not cry and you better not pout. I'm telling you why, Adam. You're going to have to do something. It was alleged that the Portland Trailblazers asked Dame Lillard to sit out the final 10 games of last season in order to help the franchise improve its lottery odds. That puts the T in tank, doesn't it? The Trailblazers went one and nine in those 10 games, ended up with a third pick. The theory is that they asked Dame to do it because that's what Dame wanted to do because Dame wanted to get players around him. And if you recall, Dame said, I'm not looking to be in Portland and help a bunch of young players and wait for them to get good and great enough to win a world championship. I want to be surrounded by players where I can win a world championship now, trade me to the heat. What about that statement would make the Blazers think that getting a higher lottery pick versus a lower lottery pick would actually convince Dame to stay in Portland. What really happened is they wanted Dame to sit, pretend that he had a calf injury because they wanted the higher lottery pick because they knew they were going to trade Lillard and they were going to do a rebuild. And there's no better way to do a successful rebuild than have as many high lottery picks as possible. The fact that Dame was willing to agree to sit out the last 10 games with a quote unquote calf injury, which wasn't a calf injury. Hey, you're going to pay me not to play? Hell yeah. Happy to do it. Why is this such a big deal? This is such a big deal because we talk about the integrity of the on-field product. We talk about it in terms of gambling. We talk about it in terms of revenue for a league. If the NBA wants to be a scripted league, they want to be wrestling. Okay. Same thing we said about the NFL. But if the NBA wants to go out and get a triple, three times its current broadcast revenue when it goes out to get new broadcast deals, the networks have to believe that the games are the games and that everyone is trying to win. Now, Garden Variety tanking for Caleb, chaos for Caleb, tanking for Tua, all the different things. Let's try to get Victor Wembanyama. I get it. That's why the leagues instituted policies where the worst record doesn't get the top pick, although in football they do, but in basketball, they don't. They just get more ping pong balls. Adam Silver is going to fine the Portland Trailblazers because Adam Silver is going to investigate the Portland Trailblazers. This type of allegation that they told the player not to play, if Adam Silver does not open an investigation, he is making a huge mistake. 
even if Adam Silver knew at the time what the Blazers were doing, it's now public. Even if he was okay with what the Blazers were doing, which he shouldn't have been, he can't not punish them. As a matter of fact, Coca, I'm feeling pretty good about myself right now with wait to sees. Can you write down one more official wait to see if you don't mind? The NBA will investigate the Portland Trailblazers regarding the final 10 games of the season last year where Dame Lillard's agent alleges he was asked to sit so they could lose games and improve their chances of a higher lottery pick. Even when I say it, I can't believe it. All right, let's switch gears now and talk about money. I like talking about money. I like telling you about the business of sports. When you increase your payroll as a team, you increase your ticket prices. You increase your concession stand prices. You increase your parking prices. You don't want to pay for your added expenses. You want additional revenue. I think you all know this. I think you know when you go buy any product that you are paying for that product, for that service, enough to give somebody a profit, but you want it. You recognize it's marked up. Every time you buy a piece of clothing, do you have any idea how much it's marked up versus what it actually costs? But you want it. I like that. I'm always happy to pay for something I want, and I'm happy for everyone to make money. I'm getting a service. When you sign a player like Lionel Messi, did you think for one minute that Inter-Miami was not going to raise its season ticket prices? Everybody knew that was coming. Even though they play in a new stadium in Fort Lauderdale, which is not a real stadium in Fort Lauderdale, and it's why they're trying to build a stadium in Miami, and I just drove by the Mel Reese area in Miami, I don't see a lot of action. I don't even see that they've even started to remediate. But that said, they claim it's going to be open in 2025. I say pretty unlikely, but I digress. Yesterday, season ticket holders of Inter-Miami, including our very own Mike Ryan, got an invoice that showed that their season ticket prices were doubling. They were going up 100%. Forgetting the fact that there were some mistakes on some invoices and some showed going up 400%. The fact is, season tickets are going up roughly 100%. When you know you are raising season tickets and you know you've got the ability to do it because your team has won or you have signed the biggest star in all of sports in all of the world, I am absolutely okay with you raising season ticket prices. I'm not okay with not communicating it. How disorganized is Inter-Miami? They sent invoices to people, to season ticket holders, to their loyal fans who have watched crap for all these years until Messi came. And they surprised everyone. The real way to do it when you raise season ticket prices You've got your season ticket holder reps calling accounts, warning them, explaining to them, or you send an email, or you take out an ad, or you post a tweet. You do something 
which says you're about to get a letter. In this letter, you will find that the price for your tickets has increased. We would like to explain to you why. We wanted to bring in the greatest player in the history of soccer. We wanted to give you an experience each and every major league soccer game that is unlike any experience anyone's having anywhere in the world. In addition, as we work hard every day to build and develop the great real estate development down in Miami that will include a beautiful soccer stadium for you, in order to make all of these things happen, it was necessary to increase the price of your tickets. When you get your official invoice, please feel free to reach out and we will be happy to discuss the situation in person and find a solution. If you are unable to stay in your current location because of pricing, we will help you find another solution if possible. Love, David Beckham. You have to send out the warning. And they simply didn't do it. They just sent out the invoice. Shame on you, Inter-Miami. You have an opportunity to do things right. Get yourself a PR department, get yourself some advisors, and stop stepping on your own toes. Nothing personal pick of the day. Packers plus one and a half versus the Lions. You know what it's time for, Coke? I've been thinking about this. I think it's actually time that I have to acknowledge that the Lions under Dan Campbell are decent and that the Packers under LaFleur and Jordan Love are less than decent. And even though I love, love home dogs getting under a field goal, love it. Last night did not exactly work that way. So we lost that pick of the day. And then I had to wait until the ninth inning for a Mariners walk-off to win the Mariners game over the Rangers. So we are still three under at 132 and 135. The picks of the weekend are brought to you by Friday. Brewers and Cubs start a series. This is the series we talked about yesterday. The Brewers have nothing to play for. The Cubs have everything to play for. The Cubs stink. Their bullpen stinks. The Brewers can decide who they want to play. If for whatever reason they want to play the Cubs, the Cubs are going to win. I think the Brewers would rather play the Marlins, but now it's even more complicated because the Brewers could end up playing the Diamondbacks. Given all of that, I'm treating this series as though I'm getting ready for the playoffs. I can't game the system because there's too many factors out there. But that said, when you're the Brewers, you hate the Cubs. Brewers over the Cubs Friday night, giving the Marlins a chance to cut their magic number to one. I'm pretty excited for the Marlins. First winning season they're having since our season in 2009. I finished 500 from 2010 to 2017 with Stanton, Yelich, Ozuna, and the rest, with Jose, with great pitching, with Wei-Yin Chen. I can't believe that. It's outrageous. Saturday, there's another huge series between the Astros and the Diamondbacks. It is very important the Astros win their last three games. Otherwise, they can't win 100 games. 
It's also important that the Astros win games because they haven't clinched a playoff spot yet. And there is absolutely no way that I can think of that you can defend your World Series title if you do not make the playoffs. 100 wins, excuse me, not 100 games. There's no way for the Astros to get to 100 wins without winning their last three. And you may not remember, wait, it was 90, so I won that? Oh, it's 90 wins. All right, Coca, come on. There's two minutes left in the last show of the week, and it's been a long week. For the Astros to get to 90 wins, they have to sweep the D-backs. If they sweep the D-backs, the D-backs could miss the playoffs altogether, or they could be the number three wild card and play the Brewers. But I've got the Astros beating the D-backs on Saturday. Because guess who's pitching? Mets fans, it's your guy, JV, Justin Verlander. Now pay attention Sunday, NFL Sunday. It's also the last game of the regular season of Major League Baseball, unless the Mets and Marlins have to play Monday, in which case it's not the last day of the regular season. We're doing a parlay. We don't do a lot of parlays in the pick of the day. It's not a three-way like a Thursday Thunder. This is a regular two-way parlay. We're taking the Chiefs minus nine over the Jets. Now pay attention to that game. We've got Taylor Swift going, who's in a great love affair with Travis Kelsey. But what we're really watching for in that game is does Aaron Rodgers show up? And we're combining that with the other great game of the weekend, Bill's Dolphins. The Dolphins coming off their 70 points scored in their 50 point route of the Broncos, get a real test going to Orchard Park. I'm not sure the Bills are going to cover the two and a half point spread. So I'm doing the Chiefs minus nine parlayed with the Bills on the money line. And that gives you plus 219. That's some kind of value over two to one. So those are your picks of the weekend. It's going to be another wet soaker here in New York. I'm only glad I'm not running 48 miles this weekend. I appreciate your week, your support. We covered a lot of ground. And guess what? We'll do it again starting Monday. Until then, it's just business. This is nothing personal.